Very good. Glad to be in Wisconsin. All right. Well, we're glad to have you back here in Wisconsin instead of you being forced to be in the swamp of Washington, D.C. Now, I want to ask you, uh, of course, just over two weeks ago, we saw the death of George Floyd. It was incredibly tragic. Uh, The officers responsible for Floyd's death must be held to full and proper account in a court of law for any and all crimes that were committed. Uh, We've seen peaceful protests in the aftermath of that Floyd death uh, where the memory of George Floyd has been honored, uh, where awareness has been raised of the injustice done to George Floyd. But sadly, we have also seen some totally inappropriate responses to what happened to George Floyd. We have seen riots in various cities throughout the United States, including in Wisconsin. Now we have this crowd on the left that's trying to defund police departments in the United States. And it's just really sad when it it comes to the rioters and the defund the police folks. I mean, it is clear that those people do not care about George Floyd and his memory. Uh, Rather, they are shamelessly using what happened to George Floyd to either try and enrich themselves through the rioting or forward their agenda by doing things like defunding the police. Well, right. Um, And we are at a dangerous point in this country. Um, The police officer who uh, was responsible for the death is in prison right now. And it would surprise almost anybody if he not get a lengthy prison term. The other police officers are also charged with something. You really don't have to raise awareness because this uh, horrific video has been on the TV. I'm sure the average American has seen it dozens of times. Mm-hmm. So we do have a concern here, though. The huge amount of property crime that has happened, which is not going to turn around. I'm sure there are areas in Minneapolis and Chicago in particular, which it's going to be a long time before anybody puts a store there. The huge number of people who died in Chicago, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, on that three-day period, there were 30 deaths. Normally in Chicago, there are maybe eight or nine deaths, 30 deaths, so maybe 20 unnecessary deaths caused by this free-for-all sort of atmosphere. I am thinking of someone who died in Milwaukee after the the protests on Monday night, Tuesday morning, four in the morning, a guy working at an all-night gas station in Milwaukee was killed. You don't hear about him. As a matter of fact, I bought the newspaper the next day. They didn't even put it in there that this guy died. Uh, no celebration of his family or tracking down his children or tracking down his parents. Uh, it's just accepted. I don't know why it's accepted that way, but a lot of people have died and a lot of neighbors have been destroyed. I don't know if your listeners know this. I don't know if you know this. But when I was in the state legislature, I had the bill that would make it easier to let go of a bad policeman. And that bill didn't move, in part because of the strength of the public employees. I'm with the police almost all the time, but there are a few lemons out there. And it would be good if we would change the law and make it easier to get rid of the lemons. Mm -hmm. Um, So I understand that. I did have a bill that the police union didn't want. Um, but the police unions usually are very powerful and determine who the mayor is and, and you know, uh, who's on the city council, which is part of the problem. But these people better look out because if you don't have police, you have chaos. Mm-hmm. And some of these neighborhoods in Chicago or Milwaukee are going to hit chaos a lot quicker than, say, a neighborhood in Ashwaubenon. So not only when you defund the police, 
But when you create a situation in which the police are afraid to be active, you have a big increase in crime very quickly. And I am afraid, even though this isn't a congressional problem, it's a local problem, um, because it varies, you know, the degree to which they uh, monitor the police from city to city. I'm a little afraid that Congress will go overboard. They usually react to any crisis. They overreacted to the COVID. Um, mm-hmm. That they will will do something to make it very difficult to have police do their job. And uh, if they do that, uh, it will result in an increase in murder rate around the country, uh, increase in amount of crime around the country. I do think that people should pull out my bill from 2007, make it law in the state of Wisconsin today. But uh, at the time, we weren't able to get it through. And quite frankly, historically, it's the Democrats who, you know, side with a a policy of making it difficult to get rid of a bad employee. But the vast majority of police are good. And America had better circle the wagons and support our police. Um, And if they don't support our police, we are going to find out what happens without police with so much red tape and bureaucracy that police aren't able to do their job effectively, and the result will be an increase of crime. And quite frankly, uh, an increase in crime of the areas of the cities that already have the higher crime rates. And some of the provisions I've seen in some of these proposals to make changes in recent weeks to policing, I think some of the provisions are reasonable and certainly worth having a discussion about. But then you see other provisions in some of these bills, including the one that's uh, being discussed in Washington, D.C. And I mean, these are poison pills that that, that absolutely uh, negate uh, any of the positive things that might be included in these measures. As we're being joined by Congressman Glenn Grothman here on The John Muir Show, and I, I'm curious, uh, your interactions of late with some of your Democrat colleagues in Washington, D.C., uh, there is this defund the police effort. Uh, it has been endorsed by Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, as well as some of her friends, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib. Uh, some of your Democrat colleagues, uh, they have to be a bit nervous considering that AOC and company uh, have signed on to this movement, because in the past we've seen that when various Democrat uh, congressional members do not go along with what it is that AOC wants, uh, she will do her damnedest to try and uh, find someone and fund someone to challenge those Democrats in a primary in their next election. So uh, there there have to be some uh, Democrats on the Hill who are uh, very nervous that they've been saying, no, don't defund the police, uh, considering where people like AOC stand on the matter. Well, as crazy as some people are, I cannot believe there is a significant electorate out there for getting rid of the police. Um, So I'm not worried that's going to happen. What I am worried about is they will succeed in passing a bill with so much additional paperwork uh, and that sort of thing in it that they will not give, the federal government will not give grants to police departments unless they adapt a policy in which you're quite frankly, uh, every police officer will have a permanent data bank on them. You know, did you ever use force? What race was the type of person you uh, gave a traffic ticket to? This sort of thing, where police will be afraid to use force, where police will say, I can't arrest this person because if I do, it'll make my numbers look bad. That is a very real concern. And given that people 
don't understand the practical matter of stupid bills they pass, I am afraid even today, and certainly this time next year if things go wrong, those sort of provisions could be effect. So in other words, if I'm a, a police officer driving around Green Bay and I see something doing wrong or doing suspicious, and that person you know, may, may make me look bad if I fill out a, a form on them or ask them questions, I'm not going to do anything because I don't want anybody saying I'm racist. And when that happens, you have less effective policing, crime rates go up. And that is a very, very real concern, which is why this is such an important issue. You could forever, if Congress does something stupid, make police less effective. And hopefully various Democrat politicians uh, will will consistently do the right thing and say, no, it's absolutely crazy to go defunding the police. But uh, sadly, in the past, we have seen uh, many Democrats in Washington, D.C. bowing to the demands of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and her squad. Uh, we'll see if it happens uh, once again in well, this case. And, yeah, and I want to explain something else to so understand how it works. When these bills come out of the House, Nancy Pelosi is going to need 218 votes, which means she's going to need that radical element to pass her bill. And that radical element, while they may understand we can't fund, defund the police, uh, they may say we want to take a certain amount of money that currently goes to the police department and turn it over to social workers, say, or you know, guidance counselors or something. And uh, that will result in less police. And there are areas in every city in which you could use a bigger police presence. We, not long ago in this show, talked about the drug problem in this country and the huge number of people are dying of opiates. Well, one of the things that should be happening is we should be arresting people who sell these opiates. We're not going to be able to arrest them if we tell the police that, you know, it's going to be a very difficult thing uh, to do anything. So just sit in your squad car and watch the world go by because if you have any interaction with somebody, it's going to be counted against you. And that's what I'm very afraid could happen. As we're being joined here on the John Muir Show by Congressman Glenn Grothman. And uh, going back to another conversation we recently had on this program, uh, in the name of public health, we were told by various elected and non-elected government officials that the law-abiding population in this country, we couldn't do many of the things we normally do. I, I know one that really stood out for you is that we couldn't have people in hospitals for various serious means of non-China virus-related care. Uh, those people could not go to the hospitals to get the care, and they said it was in the name of public health. We, we can't have people uh, doing those things in public. Uh, now, fast forward to what we've seen in the past couple of weeks, and many of those same government officials who told us that we, we couldn't go to the hospital for necessary care, uh, we, we couldn't go to the park to, to, to play ball with our family members, uh, now they're saying that it's totally fine for there to be these massive demonstrations in the streets uh, all during uh, the same pandemic that was going on when they said we could not do all of those other things. I mean, uh, I feel like I'm not the only one here uh, noticing the massive double standard and the hypocrisy that is on display. Well, you know, there are always conspiracy theorists out there who said that the reason we were shutting everything down 
was because we want to shut down the economy and hurt Trump. I don't believe that's true. But after the same people who are telling us that, you know, we have to wear a mask all the time, we have to social distance, the same people just sit there and say nothing when you look on the TV and see thousands of people marching together. You've got to wonder, do they just like to order people around or do they really believe that you're putting people at risk when people march together? I'll give you an example. There was a protest a while ago in Madison, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. uh, protesting to open up the restaurants and that sort of thing. And I wasn't there. I wasn't going to attend that protest. But it happened. And there were a lot of people who said, this is horrible. It's going to result in COVID infections around the state because we had people coming from all around the state to this demonstration. Now, that didn't happen, but that's what we were told. Now we have much, much larger demonstrations in Madison and Milwaukee and smaller demonstrations in Appleton or Fond du Lac or whatever. Seems to care. You know, where are the public health establishments? Out in the streets and saying, stop this demonstration in Sheboygan. You're going to infect everybody. It makes you wonder about the sincerity of the public health establishment and to what by a desire to order people around, and to what degree do they really believe you're putting your life at stake by standing three feet from somebody? Uh, Because if they really believe that, you would think there would be, you know, every five minutes on the radio, don't protest, don't protest, and look out for all the people as they return back to their hometown and protested in Madison or Milwaukee. But you don't hear it. So it's, it's something to think about. Something to think about uh, what is motivating the public health establishment. I hate to say it, but you're right. It is so conspicuous that when we had a relatively small demonstration in Madison saying, let's open the restaurants, we have much larger demonstrations in cities all around this state. Uh, Nothing is said. Why is that? Well, and I'm not normally one to uh, believe in conspiracy theories. If this is a conspiracy theory, uh, yes, I was on board with this conspiracy theory from day one because it seemed that all along uh, the reason for these unconstitutional safer-at-home-and-stay-at-home orders uh, was to, one, uh, allow these governors to act on their authoritarian desires, and two, try and hurt Donald Trump and his economy in an election year. And uh, when you see how hypocritical they're being uh, about things now that something else they perceive as politically advantageous has come along, it certainly seems to confirm what we were saying all along. No, this was not about public health uh, during a pandemic. Rather, this was about these people trying to forward their own agendas. Exactly. Where's the state of Wisconsin Secretary of Health? Can't remember her name, but she was out there all the time. Where is she? Where is she running into the city of Milwaukee saying, stop these protests, stop these protests, you're causing deaths, you're causing deaths? Nope. Yep, she, uh, yeah. she, she's nowhere to be found. Uh, she's actually uh, busy staying in her office, not answering questions about why it is that there has been certain turnover uh, in the Evers administration's health department. She doesn't uh, apparently want to talk uh, about why that's going on, even though media outlets have been asked her. That's what Andrea Palm's been up to. And uh, yeah, to put a bow on it, I, the people like Andrea Palm and Tony Evers, who, who said it was imperative 
uh, that, you know, businesses and workers be forced into financial difficulty by deeming them non-essential and who trampled on all of our constitutional rights as law-abiding U.S. citizens, we should never trust those people again because uh, they're not looking out for public health. They're only looking out for themselves and their own power. And people like Tony Evers need to be recalled and people like Andrea Palm uh, need to have their nominations for Health Secretary Wisconsin shot down immediately. Well, I do feel so sorry for all the restaurants who lost money and in some cases went under. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people, they take out a mortgage, their entire net worth is in that restaurant. And apparently, uh, maybe it wasn't the crisis they say, or at least we don't want you going into the local supper club, but we do want thousands of people together, jammed together, mm-hmm. uh, protesting this tragedy in Minnesota. Uh, and I'll tell you, I, I've never been a huge fan of the public health establishment, but they have some answering to do as to why it was so necessary to close so many businesses, but all of a sudden it was no big deal. They have thousands of people crammed together. I don't know if it was thousands, but certainly hundreds, and I'm sure in some cases a thousand people crammed together protesting. I mean, what is it with these people? Well, we definitely deserve those answers. Congressman Glenn Grothman, thank you so much for your time. As always, we greatly appreciate it. Glad to be on the show. Thank you. It's 1023. This is the John Muir Show.